the staging advantage. Todd Talbot will drop by from Love It or Listed Vancouver to talk about how to set your place up if you're thinking of selling in a very hot market. Also a look at the effects of crime and other things in real estate in Surrey. That's with John Meyer coming up in a moment. And John, uh, what are the big five stories that we're talking about on Vancouver Real Estate today? Good morning, Ian. The Bank of Canada, Ian, is warning about the red-hot housing markets in both here in Vancouver and also in Toronto. CKNW business analyst Rob Levy tells us as the bank warns of rising household vulnerabilities, what it really is saying is that the markets in Vancouver and in Toronto are due for a correction. Levy says the Bank of Canada is now warning that both markets are at an increasing chance of some kind of price correction. They have been what's been a positive skew, a positive skew to home prices nationally, where a lot of the other key markets across this country are even in negative territory or just treading water, basically standing still. It's the fact that Vancouver and Toronto are pulling home prices up so biasly to make us think that home prices are up in Canada, but it's just our two markets that are performing on their own. So we put the question to Rob, could it be a major or minor pricing downgrade? The bank's not necessarily making a claim one way or the other, but what we've seen, uh, particularly in the Vancouver market, is growth in the ballpark of 25 to 30%. And it's just that type of home price growth from the bank's perspective probably isn't too sustainable, especially when you have factors at a national level that wouldn't really support that kind of home growth. Levy says Vancouver and Toronto are skewing national housing numbers, which are either treading water or in decline outside of red-hot Vancouver and Toronto. This week, if you missed the news, the Bank of Canada said economic growth in the second quarter is expected to be weaker than predicted, and this much uh, to do with the Alberta wildfires as they keep their key interest rate on hold. The central bank is keeping that to target for the overnight rate steady at 0.5%. Uh, another big news today, or this week, rather, $110 million Ian being spent to build hundreds of affordable housing units at four locations across Vancouver. Mayor Gregor Robertson saying of the 358 units being built, 288 will be for families and for seniors. Robertson says the city will continue to go down a density path, which was uh, begun with secondary suites and laneway houses on single-family lots. That's a way of gently densifying the single-family home neighbourhoods and making sure there's more people living in them. We're also looking at more density close to schools around the city, making sure that families can access walking distance from schools in those neighbourhoods uh, where currently it's low density. So that's the next step that we're looking at to address the shortage of family housing in Vancouver. Uh, he says the new units will be available for about 25% less than market rates. And I know that's a, a subject of interest for you, Ian. Meanwhile, in Port Moody. I hope to God that we just get on the ball because our landscape is getting completely ruined. That's Tara McIntosh, who's organizing a campaign against monster homes in Port Moody. It's like there's no plan. It's like people are just filling up their lots with these ugly homes. They're just ridiculous. All pavement. There's no grass. This week, McIntosh and others met with Port Moody Council to talk about bylaw limiting the size of new homes in Port Moody. Well, 23 years to save for a down payment on a home in Vancouver. Apparently so. This according to a new report by Generation Squeeze, an awareness campaign founded by UBC policy professor Dr. Paul Kershaw. He's saying he hopes the report titled Code Red will signal the urgency of the housing market situation, how much it's broken down for younger generations, 
the idea that in all of Metro Vancouver, where half the province resides, only 15% of homes cost less than half a million dollars and make access to at least two bedrooms. He says their findings blow up the myth that housing unaffordability only affects certain neighborhoods in Vancouver. Across the province, it now takes 16 years to save a 20% down payment. Uh, One half a million dollars uh, is not going to buy you enough room for two kids, it says. Even when younger people decide to move out of Vancouver, he says they find that very few areas in the suburbs have access to homes that are under half a million dollars. Of all the reports on housing right now that have been released, we uh, have found that a few have come up with actually any solutions. Code Red bucks that trend. They offer 10 possible solutions to Vancouver's housing crisis. Uh, these include Ian, taxing housing wealth to slow down price increases, something we've talked about in depth here on the show, uh, not only taxing foreign buyers, more tax breaks for younger adults rather than seniors. Revisiting zoning in hospital uh, hotspots, excuse me, like Vancouver, and providing more rental accommodation, just to name a few. Now, while the report paints a very dire picture for anyone who has insecure housing in Metro uh, Vancouver, perhaps what is most unsettling about this report is that the stats are based on 2014 figures, and in fact, time that uh, in fact in that time rather the housing market has seen an unprecedented increase of 20 to even 30% across Metro Vancouver, meaning that as of today, there could be even less than 15% of houses under 500,000 with access to at least three bedrooms available in Metro Vancouver. Uh, lots of other uh, stories made the headlines, but those were just some of the ones that uh, we were following for you this week, Ian. I'm interested in that story, uh, about 15%. And I wonder what they're using as the criteria. They're obviously talking about standalone single-family homes because that's not the only option for people. I mean, people want to get into the market. They can't buy a half-a-million-dollar home. Why can't they buy a quarter-million apartment, slap a little paint on it? I don't know if that's realistic or not. Do you think it is? I don't think it is, but, uh, you know, I I think people are just... People want that house, they want the home, and, and they're just not finding it, and they're, they're looking elsewhere. And now outside of you know the, the, the Vancouver area, those, those properties don't exist there either for that price. So I think it's a, it's a real issue. And another interesting report, we, we have at least one of these a week, and uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure that'll continue, Ian, as uh, uh, things continue to heat up in Vancouver. And I found it very interesting as well, if you heard there, the, the comments by uh, Rob Levy, our business analyst here on CKNW, talking about how hot, in fact, Vancouver and Toronto are, but elsewhere, it's really not the case in Canada, and we're kind of in a, a situation where there's a correction coming, something we've also talked about a lot here yeah. on the show. Well, that, that word bubble comes up every now and again, and you can't help but wonder if, if there is, in fact, a bubble. I mean, it seems that it, it has to, something has to give at some point. At what point will that be? And you asked the question that I thought was the most relevant of all, and that is, how hard Will we fall if we fall, if there is a correction? And I suspect it won't be as drastic as some people would like to think. There are, there are many things that we can do to help with this housing crisis. Perhaps what we need really to see is more leadership from the government. And, and I would point directly at the provincial government that doesn't really seem to be doing much other than sitting on their hands when it comes to what's going on. Yeah, and we, we've had a number of uh, you know professionals, professors, uh, industry insiders on this program talking about that very thing that uh, it's time for the government to come up with some, some new laws, some new, uh, which they have of course, but uh, some new ideas to uh, perhaps tax foreign ownership, uh, new ways to generate money and, and help those 
uh, who can't afford to buy a home or to even rent now in, in Vancouver and an area. And uh, just one other story I wanted to mention, Ian, um, we, we like to talk about, um, you know, people that can't buy. Well, what about people that can't rent or people that are left on the streets? And thousands of low-income co-op members are at risk of being homeless now, according to the executive director of the Cooperative Housing Federation of BC. Tom Armstrong says rental subsidy agreements are expiring and the federal government has really thrown the whole problem in the lap of the province. So he says these are all federal programs, operating agreements running usually 35 years. They started to expire a couple of years ago, but the expiry peaks in 2017. So that is when the crisis becomes real. Uh, There is a meeting of federal, provincial, and territorial ministers in June, and the discussion about how to replace those subsidies uh, we know is on the table for that. Armstrong says 4,000 low-income co-op members could be out of house and home when these federal transition uh, funding dollars uh, run out in 2018. He says if new money is not found, it might also mean the loss of co-op land as developers are also circling. Hmm. Boy, that's a lot to think about. (laughs) It really is. Thank you for that, John. We have to take a break, so take a deep breath. Uh, When we come back, we will focus on real estate in Surrey. Hang on, Vancouver Real Estate continues on News Talk 980 CKNW. CKNW uh, this past Thursday did, uh, if I may humbly suggest, uh, an incredible piece of radio that was so insightful. Surrey, what's at stake? And our John Meyer uh, went out to explore the effect of, that shootings are having on the housing market in Surrey, if anything at all. If we look back to April when the shootings reached the 30 mark for 2016, there were 163 more detached homes sold in all of Surrey compared to April of last year, a 28% increase. There were 161 more townhomes sold during the month. That's a 65% year-over-year increase. And there was a 100% increase in apartments sold during that same time period. Looking at specific neighborhoods, there was a 60% increase in townhomes sold in Surrey Central, which includes Newton, the average price of which has gone up by 25%. In that same neighborhood, there's been a 75% increase in apartments sold year over year for the month of April. I actually live in a townhouse complex and there's eight people in my block. In the last six months, three have sold and four more are listing. We're the only ones. Uh, There's only me and one other person that isn't listing right now. It shows something very significant. Community activist Nada Robinson, just one of many parents worried about the violence in Surrey. Robinson says in her neighborhood of Newton, people want to move and they're worried they could become victims. I sat down with Surrey realtor Sarah Daniels to see if, in fact, homeowners are moving out of Surrey because of the violence or if buyers are scared and worried about moving into Surrey because of the shootings. Surrey for the longest time has had a bad reputation. Now, I grew up on the west side of Vancouver, and when I first moved down to South Surrey, White Rock, people thought I was pretty much moving to, like, the, you know, the root and toot and wild cowboy kind of land, and, and you know, Surrey had a reputation of, of, of high crime, etc. And unfortunately, that's kind of been a stigma for a long time. I think that you'd find that with any major city, Vancouver included, that there are always going to be areas where you might have a little bit of a higher crime issue. But there are many different communities in Surrey, which people don't necessarily think of as being Surrey, which is interesting. People usually think of um, some of the poor, uh, more crime-ridden areas of Wally or perhaps in parts of Newton where there have been these kind of issues. But Surrey encompasses a very large area. You know, there's the Guilford area, Fleetwood, Port Kells. 
There's Cloverdale, which people always think of as being a separate city. And, of course, South Surrey, where I reside, people don't think of the area of Crescent Beach being part of Surrey, but, in fact, it is. So Surrey does take a very large area of space in the lower mainland. It's, you know, it's a very large municipality, very large city. And like any cities, there are certain areas that are going to have problems. I mean, it would be it would be remiss to say that Vancouver, you know, didn't have problems in the downtown east side, which we hear about all the time. But you don't hear about people saying, oh, my God, I'm going to leave Vancouver because of the downtown east side. This is, a, a, you know, a, an on-case basis. And, and clearly, I'm not, I'm not diminishing uh, the fears that people in certain neighborhoods may have. Yes, it's pretty frightening. But I don't think it, it's, a, it's a blanket statement that Surrey itself is not a safe place to live. We talk a lot about the fact that people cannot afford to live in Vancouver and they look elsewhere uh, in, in, you know, close by. And Surrey is one of the areas, uh, let's, let's use younger couples, for example. Um, in your experience, when, when they look for new uh, property or for a new home in Surrey, do they relay any of these fears to you? Have you heard this conversation before when you're taking clients out to uh, prospective homes? You know, it hasn't been an issue for me for clients. Now, having said that, I do tend to represent clients more in the Cloverdale and South Surrey White Rock area. Having having said that, you know, both areas, uh, you know, a diversity of, of incomes, et cetera. But there have been issues, for instance, in the Morgan Crossing Mall, which is a nice mall, high-end mall, where there was a shooting, I believe, a, a year and a half ago, a completely random event. These things, you know, unfortunately do happen. Um, I haven't had crime ever really be an issue for people uh, concerned about their safety or anything like that in the neighborhoods that I have worked with clients. But but I will say that one of the concerns will be things like this neighborhood is growing like crazy. Uh, you know, what's going on with new schools? So those are the kinds of issues that I find clients are more interested in. The amenities nearby, you know, the school systems, etc. We know that uh, Surrey, I believe, is the fastest growing uh, city in BC and maybe the yeah. second most populous uh, as well. Um, I, I guess, can you talk a bit about the, the growth since you've been there? Um, you know, with, with a higher number of people, obviously, um, you know, you need more police and uh, you need to protect uh, your citizens as well. Can you talk just a bit about the growth from a realtor's perspective? Uh, which which areas have you seen boom in Surrey? Uh, east of Highway 99, we've had some huge amount of growth. Uh, that has been, uh, you know, all rezoned and there's tons of townhouses, smaller lots for detached homes. So lots of that going on. Uh, Cloverdale itself is booming as well. Lots of new malls, new infrastructure. Are any of these fears for people who are considering moving there justified? Um, you know what? I think you can feel safe as, as you would in anywhere else in BC. I certainly don't walk around feeling nervous just because I happen to work in Surrey. I think that, I mean, people have a, a kind of idea, as I've, I said before, um, about what Surrey really is. And instead of, you know, talking about Surrey and making Surrey jokes, maybe they should actually come out and see how big, how diverse, how how great that, that Surrey really is. Yeah, uh, John, uh, nice job with that. And uh, I, it was just a couple of years ago when Vancouver was going through a very similar circumstance where there were a lot of... Uh, I, and the, the phrase low-level crime, with, with nothing is low-level. When there's a gun involved, that's, that's yeah. about as high as it crime gets. Crime is crime. But crime, it was, there was a crime wave where there were a lot of shootings happening in Vancouver. And uh, the, nobody was making the same kind of gestures about you know, raising their hair and leaving town. 
Uh, it's happening now in Syria. I think it's, uh, uh, for the most part, uh, there's a lot of this gang activity that needs to be brought under control. But it, it's a part of the evolution or the growth of that area. It is just, I, I, I don't know if you get out to Syria a lot, but it's a massive piece of land mm-hmm. with agriculture, with a with an urban setting, and really, it's just some, some really great neighborhoods there. There's a few. Newton is one. We talked about that. That could use a little bit of help. Uh, the Guilford area, which has has been trying very hard to revitalize itself. Mm-hmm. If you if you notice off the top of that piece, I, I wanted to look at specifically apartments and condos that sold in Newton and in the areas where the gang violence is more prevalent. And I wanted to see if I tried to tie in it if if you know. Where the the shootings happen, the increase in shootings, has there been more people actually moving out? We've heard, you heard from Nada Robinson, a community activist, who said in her neighborhood, her neighbors are moving out. She's one of two people in her block that are left. Um, And the numbers didn't really suggest that was the case. It's really hard to make that correlation, but um, I did want to to look at that idea. Uh, We had some other very, very good uh, reports on Surrey, the the situation there. I've been to Surrey once. I'm new to Vancouver in the past mm-hmm. year. I've been to Surrey once, and I I liked it. Seemed yeah, it nice, seemed, seemed nice to me. Um, you know what? I'm not a local, so I don't know some of the stories behind uh, certain areas. But uh, you know, it's I think the fastest growing city in BC, the second largest, most populated city in BC. So obviously, uh, people are are moving there despite uh, you know a recent spike in in crime, but. Um, there's been a recent spike in shootings, but not in crime in Surrey. So it's an interesting thing. If if you really want to learn more, I suggest you go to uh, cknw.com. Uh, there's something that says hashtag SurreyBC, and you can find all of the investigative pieces that CKNW did. Some really, really good journalism there. I've been to Surrey recently, just yesterday, as a matter of fact. I was in Morgan Heights, and you could say, okay, you were in Morgan Heights. And it's a pretty lofty area, and it is. These these are beautiful homes in the area that I was. I was par- part of the Heroes Lottery uh, bonus deadline that they did yesterday and uh, talked to a lot of people living in Surrey. And they have the same concerns that people in Vancouver have, that, that in Burnaby, in the North Shore, in Coquitlam, and elsewhere. And crime is definitely one of them. It's something that happens in every neighborhood. It, it's the gun violence that, that captures the, the headlines. When innocent people get caught in the middle, that gets people worried. Yeah, if I were living in Newton right now, I would be a little bit nervous. I can't lie about that. But that's not the way it's going to be forever. If there were enough concern, if CKNW puts enough pressure on this issue, perhaps the people that have... The, the authority, the power, the, the elected officials to make some changes that are necessary to bring in the, the what, what is needed, and more police officers. Hey, look, at, we're, we're, we're hosting a radio show. What do, what do we know about the answers of, of fixing the crime that's happening in Surrey? But we do know that if you put enough resources at anything, you can look after it. And I, I point to Vancouver. We don't have the same kind of numbers of shootings that we had just a few years ago. It shifted. And it, it shifted from Vancouver, went to Abbotsford, now it's in Surrey. Where will it be next? It just seems to move around. Interesting to note as well, in Surrey, and there's the areas I looked at anyway, um, for real estate, the prices have gone up. Mm-hmm. The numbers have gone up. I mean, it's really not affecting real estate there. It's, you know, we, we hear these stories from people that live there that say their neighbors are moving out and, and they're they're sick of it. Well, obviously more people are moving in um, and the situation might seem dire there, but real estate numbers would suggest... It's still a good 
area to buy. And I think it's a great it's area, a to, area inv- to live in. So. Great area to to invest in. Now, again, Surrey is such a big, vast piece of land. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I paid a visit to some friends in Cloverdale, and again, that's another area that's that's a really nice place to be. And why wouldn't you want to be there? Can we open the phones and see if anybody wants to talk about this? Sure. Yeah, okay. 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. Particularly if you're living in Surrey right now, do you have that concern? Do you want to get out of Dodge? Uh, star 9898 on your cell. Uh, we'll take a break and come right back after the news on News Talk 980 CKNW. Coming up in just a couple of minutes from right now, our regular guest, Todd Talbot from Love It or List It Vancouver, will stop by. He's uh, He used to run a, a company that uh, set up homes for sale. Staging is what it's called, and we'll talk to him in just a couple of minutes. Our focus uh, for a few minutes this morning, uh, we're talking about real estate in Surrey. Nick, good morning. Oh, good morning. What do you want to say? Oh, I just want to say uh, I I've moved from Langley to Surrey and and I I love it. I, I live in Clayton Heights, uh, an area of Surrey, and and there's many great areas. Uh, I'd say the most just most of the violence and uh, crime is in the central uh, area of, of Surrey, much like the downtown east side is. So, can I can uh, I ask Vancouver. can I ask you what type of uh, home you bought if you found enough room for your family and uh... Uh, Yeah, actually, uh, I bought I bought a detached home about three years ago. Uh, and it was, it's, it's actually an area, there's, there's kids, there's families. I mean, my mother-in-law lives in Coquitlam and, and my parents live in Langley and there's no young families there anymore because they can't afford those houses. But where I live, there's actually townhouses and people going to walk the kids to school. And yeah. And, and you feel insulated from uh, that, that small area in the small <laughs> section of crime that, that, that exists there, I guess. Eh? I, I'm way more worried about traffic and, uh, <laughs> again, yeah. schools are overcrowded and no no uh, transit. Yeah, we know, we know schools, the, the overcrowding of schools is a big issue right now uh, in Surrey. In Clayton Heights now, uh, can you, uh, for anybody who's not familiar uh, with the area, where are you bound by? It's just kind of the Langley-Surrey border, close to Cloverdale. Uh, I know you mentioned that before. Yeah, and uh, if you could ma- wave that magic wand, what would you do with your area if you could do anything at all? Uh, I would I would get that light rail uh, transit going right down Fraser Highway to connect Langley to Surrey, and so I could actually commute to without a car to Vancouver or even just downtown Surrey. Where do you work? Uh, well, I live in I work in uh, North Surrey. Okay. Uh, so how do you get? Do you drive into work? Yeah, I drive in every day, even though it's like 10, 10 kilometers. Right. So if there were some kind of uh, light rail or some kind of a more rapid transit, you would definitely get on board. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so what would you say to anybody who's thinking about uh, buying property in Surrey? Well, I mean, it's just like any other, every neighborhood is different. There's, there's, but Surrey has made a bitter effort to plant a lot of trees and make sure the integrity of the neighborhoods is kept intact. And um, there's lots of parks, new facilities, brand new uh, sports and swimming pools and things like that, sports fields. Good. Well, I think we, we have a convert here. 
Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's good to hear a, a positive story. Thanks very much. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate that. Well, I think uh, what he says uh, is probably echoed by a lot of people that live in Surrey. There are a lot of very happy people that live in Surrey. I would have no hesitation mm-hmm. recommending somebody to, to look in that area for a good piece of real estate. Yeah, when I spoke to realtor Sarah Daniels, as you heard in that piece in the last segment, uh, she said, you know, stop making jokes about Surrey. Come here and check it out. We have a lot of infrastructure, a lot of money being spent on infrastructure and, uh, you know, the crime issue exists, but it exists everywhere. It's, it exists yeah. in Vancouver, but people don't want to move out of Vancouver because of it. Growing up in Vancouver, uh, Surrey was the butt of the joke. Always was. But I, I would say in the last 10 years or so, uh, they've done a terrific job of showing that they are, uh, Surrey is a very sophisticated, up-and-coming city. It will be the center of BC at some point, just based on population and size alone. He made a good comment about the, the light rail getting um, you know getting on a SkyTrain possibly from, from Surrey. Imagine what that does to property values. Yeah, I, I, so. well, I, I, I think that they're getting closer to, yeah. to making that a reality. I sure hope so. Now, Surrey's a great area that's just so vast, as I've been keep saying, because when you say, you say Surrey, it's not like Kitts, or it's not like Steveston, or it's not like Port Moody. It's a huge area, and there's a lot of people, and there's a... A great diversity in the community that should only make it richer and better for everybody. And I hope so. Yeah, we've had a number of experts on this show that we ask. We always put this question to them. You know, we can't afford to buy in Vancouver. What area should we look in? And Surrey's always on that list. And, and they always say there's a lot of development. Uh, you heard uh, Sarah Daniel say off Highway 1, I believe she said that uh, mm-hmm. a lot of new. And, and they're building smaller lots, smaller homes, so they can fit more in. But, uh, you know, they're single family detached homes yeah and then check your uh, expectations and and uh get into the market with something that is comfortable but not necessarily a dream home you've got to work your way up that ladder and and, you know nick said he bought uh, i believe he said three years ago Uh, i can imagine he's seen a nice little increase in three years in surrey if you're sitting on a home for any length of time and it's a mountain of cash now with your equity. Uh, Listen to what Todd Talbot of Love It or List of Vancouver has to say. He uh, joins us next uh, talking about staging your home for sale on Vancouver Real Estate Today from News Talk 980 CKNW. New Orleans is sinking, man, and I don't want to swim. And we're back. And our regular segment with Todd Talbot good from... Good to see you, Ian. Thank you. It's yeah. good to see you. Love the show. Love it or list it, Vancouver. Yes. Are you finding that there's a huge lineup of people who want to get in on the program? You know, in the early days, I think we came on your show and we're promoting people to get online sure, yeah. and, you know, apply to the show. But I think it's in people's psyche now. So we do have a good lineup of people. But if people are interested in... Uh, applying to be on the show, they can go to bigcoproductions.com or wnetwork.com slash be on TV. And there's an online application. People can fill it out. It goes to Emma here in the Vancouver office. And, um, you know, there's a little process that they go through and it's cool. We, I mean, we work with some, some awesome people. We get asked all the time, you know, are people that, you know, mean on the show to you, you know, and, uh, and the answer is, is no, I mean, <laughs> 95, maybe 92% of the people on the show are absolutely amazing. We keep it. I like, I keep in touch with a bunch of them. Um, you know, we often have drinks at the end once we wrap and you know, they're, they're great people. You met some friends. Yeah. We met some friends. And you know what? The funny thing is now this town is small. 
It's one degree of separation. No matter where we go, someone stops me and says, oh, you you know my friend who was on the show. So right. it's getting smaller. Pretty soon we're going to be looping around and redoing the houses that we started off with four years ago. When it comes to staging your home, so you're a seller now and you want right. to stage your home. There's a few things that you want to keep in mind, Todd. There's a, there's a lot of things you want to keep in mind. First of all, um, you know, it just popped into my head. I was just thinking about empty houses. You know, one of, one of the things about empty spaces is they don't, they don't reach out and grab you. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of putting some staging into an empty property. I, I try never to show a piece of property, even, even on the show, if we are looking through properties that we think are the right fit. Partially because on the show, obviously, we have cameras. And, but the cameras do the same thing as your eyes. Sure. You don't want to show a piece of property that's just bland walls on bland carpet or bland hardwood. It doesn't elicit a certain feeling. So the principle behind staging a place is twofold. Number one, to give people a sense of space and scale, how a space can work. Yeah. So you need to be able to feel how that room is going to be with a king-size bed in it or that living room is going to feel with a full-size couch in it. And the other side of the coin is that emotional response. People are online eliminating properties based on criteria. Price, square footage, number of bedrooms, garage, all those types of things. By the time they get to the property, it's all emotion now. Sure. You drive up to the place. Staging starts outside. Absolutely. Curb appeal Curb is a appeal. huge thing. So yeah. you drive up to the house. I don't know about you, but I'm, I fall into this trap. I drive up. Four seconds later, I've made a judgment about that house. Well, sure. And, you know, I'll tell you one thing that I've often said to people is make sure your front door looks good. And the reason why is because that's the first thing somebody will touch. Here's the thing. WD-40, a little on the lock, a little on the hinges. Yeah. There's nothing worse than walking into a front door that you can't open the door or with Or has key, duct tape on it. Or has duct tape. Well, although duct tape is pretty sexy <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, you're swinging open the door. You want it to invite you in there. It's the little things that people overlook that become, they add up and they become objections in people's minds. Sure. And they're indicators to other things that might be problems in the house. So for me, it's an emotional thing. It's a visceral feeling. People walk into a house, they're making decisions on all levels of, of using all of their emotions. And staging plays a big part in it. Okay, what about this idea that some realtors seem to think that you want to take away some of that personal emotion? So in other words... Take the pictures of your kids off the wall. Yep, depersonalize. Get get rid of all the toys. Get rid of, you know, and if you have a dog, for goodness sakes, or a cat, make sure there's no trace of any kind of smell in the place. Well, that's a given. Yeah. That, that's for sure. But what about this idea of stripping back? I'm, I'm a little anti-depersonalizing. I think that homes need to feel like homes. Yeah. Now, you don't want it to be cluttered. You want to pare down, but if it's a family home in a family neighborhood and you have kids and there's kids art on the fridge or there's great, you know, framed kids art on the walls, mm -hmm. leave that. Okay. If there's toys that are nicely put away, leave that. Mm -hmm. Chances are the people who are going to be buying that home is going to be a family. So showcase, yeah. it, showcase it in the way that they're going to use it. Okay. What about closets, for example, where you keep your clothes? Uh, this is where you can pull out some tricks. Get rid of 
Everything you haven't worn since 1980. Well, first of all, you should just do that for <laughs> like for your own soul. Um, but secondly, and by the way, and I'm coming over to clear out your closet. <laughs> um, but secondly, I do think that that's a space where people open it and they need to feel like there's tons of room. Yeah. So if you're moving, take 50% of the stuff out of the house. We, you know, we walk through houses on the show and it's shocking. So <laughs> two points. Don't get me started on this topic. <laughs> Number one is clean your house. It's shocking the, the cleanliness level or lack thereof in a house, and it turns people off like that. So clean it. Scrub it. It doesn't have to be brand new, but it does have to be squeaky clean. That's a great point, especially in the kitchen. And then it smells good, too. And smell is a big factor. Oh, yeah. So, And then pare down. Get a storage unit, pack stuff up, throw it in a storage locker, rent it for 100 bucks a month. It is money well spent. Yeah. I think, uh, as I say, the kitchen, I think the bathroom, they have to be spotless because totally. you, you want to feel like you're, you're moving into a home that was well cared for. And I think that's really important for people. You know, we've talked about, uh, we've talked about commissions in the past. And um, part of a, you know, a full service package that some, um, some agents offer is staging. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the deal either recommendations or they have their own staging stuff. I used to actually stage homes for about four or five years. I had a staging company called Condo Guy Staging. So I, I know this uh, inside out and back. Take it away, it, tidy up, make it feel lived in and home-like. Declutter, declutter, declutter. All right. Thank you, Todd Talbot. Uh, we'll be watching you on Monday night at 10 o'clock on the W Network for Love It or List It Vancouver. I will be there. Todd Talbot will be back with us next weekend on Vancouver Real Estate Today. And we'll be back in a moment on News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks again to Todd Talbot from Love It or Listed Vancouver. Monday evenings, 10 o'clock on the W Network. It's a great show. A lot of people talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it's an awesome show. And sta- staging your property is the easiest thing to do <laughs> in the world, unless you're like... Unless you're like my neighbor. My neighbor is... Okay, so he's decided he's just retiring. He's decided he's he's got he's sitting on a mountain of, of equity. He's going to cash in that equity. He's going to move to the island where his money will take him a lot further. Sounds like a dream plan. He's got it all figured out. He knows how he's going to spend his time in his retirement. So he's put his place up for sale, and he's asking a ridiculous amount of money. Like, totally ridiculous. And I've been to his place, and uh, he's a great guy. He's a former school teacher and a musician, but his place, he lives on his own. He lives like a musician. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So... The whole decluttering message, I don't think he's clued into that just yet. But you can tell he's had two open houses now, and he's had lots of people show up to have a look. So, okay, so far so good. The market, the realtor's doing their job. They're marketing it. They're getting people at the door to come through. But I'm pretty sure when they come through and they see, oh, oh, it's a little bit scary. So now he's been loading up truckload after truckload, decluttering. And I suspect, because it is a nice place, once he clears it out, then he's going to start getting the bites. It'll be interesting to see whether he gets this ridiculous amount of money or not, or whether he should have gone perhaps with a a slightly aggressive or more aggressive listing price and tried to create some kind of a bidding. But uh, I'll keep you posted. Yeah, it's it's always do you or don't you with that situation. Um, 
it, it's funny if I was a realtor in that case, I would have said before the two open houses, perhaps we clean up and, and declutter. And I would have made that, uh, a point of emphasis uh, on signing the contract. Let me be but- cynical, John. Let me be cynical for a moment. And, and, and I, I think what happens is that the the realtor will come and because my neighbor isn't in a particularly, uh, he's not in any kind of urgent need to sell. So he he thinks that he can hold out. His, he's done some renovations. He believes that the price that they're asking is worth it. And I, I suspect that's more of an, on an emotional level. So he thinks he's going to get that. The realtor comes in and says, okay, if you want to ask that ridiculous amount of money, we'll list it at that because the market's going the way it is. He'll come back. This is my guess. He'll come back after a few weeks or several weeks of open houses and say, look, you know, we've had some interest, but we're not moving it. Let's adjust the price. He'll adjust the price. And and that's what happens. The realtor has locked in the listing. Now, I'm going to have agents screaming at me for saying this, but he'll have locked in. Now, if the agent is is taking $10,000 or $20,000 less on the listing because they've gone a bit high, he or she is still going to do very well, and they've secured the listing in the meantime. I, I, I know that's a bit cynical, but I think that happens from time to time. Uh, yeah, I, I can't disagree with you on that. And, um, you know, we, we, we've seen this scenario play out. It's one of the I reasons listeners have too. I always ask this question, John. The question I always try to imagine is if I'm to sell my place, what would I ask? And that's why when you have a realtor who knows the area that you live in, that has worked it, has bought and sold properties in your area, they're probably well-versed. They know what the stock is like in the area. They know the amenities of the area. And they're able to help you to come up with what is a, what is hopefully a good price that will sell your property in good time. Once you start putting that emotional thing, well, I'm not in a hurry. I'll sell it when I get my price. To me, that's a more of an emotional thing. And, and if he can afford to sit on it, great. And I hope he gets what he wants. But in the case of just really wanting to move that property at a good price, you need to come up with the listing price. And, and this, this is why I continue to explore what are the best avenues to take when, when trying to reach that number. Mm-hmm. I, I think it always comes down to comparables in your neighborhood. And that it's just a simple way for me. If I'm buying a house, I know the neighborhood I want to buy in because for me, it's all about location. Some people might be different, but for me, I'm looking at the area and I see, okay, this house is way overpriced. Why? And are they just shooting for the moon or is there something wrong with these other homes? And it's all about comparables. But um, outside of, of the Vancouver and Toronto market, and we talked about this off the top of the show, I don't think you can get away with asking way over the price in some of these other markets no. outside of the, the red hot markets in Canada, which apparently are just two, yeah. Toronto and Vancouver. I don't know if you can shoot for the moon as much as you could in this market, and I'd be cautious of scaring away possibly your next buyer by, by listing way over top. You know, okay, go a bit above and, and, and bring it back down to reality, but to, to go so high and to not at least, uh, in the case of your neighbor, uh, stage the home correctly um, <laughs> is to me is a little mind-boggling because your home sells online. Don't I, kid yourself. I it said does. to him yesterday as I pulled in, uh, I, I saw him uh, get, getting another load together, and I said, your place is going to look so good when you're finished clearing it out that you're not going to want to sell. Yeah. And, he, and he looked at me for a second, and he had that look on his face like, you know what? You might be right. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great neighbor, by the way, so I hope he does decide to stay because I hate to see him go. I also but, hope he's not listening. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. He may very well be. But then again, 
He is a musician, and it's not quite yet noon, so he's probably <laughs> still sleeping. Oh, it's it's uh, it's it's fun to to look at and to watch. And but for those that are struggling to get into the market, we we uh, have discussed this in the past. I think it's important to note uh, that there are lots of people that are in this this group that we talk way too much about everywhere, and that's the millennials, because many millennials have great jobs, have great futures. Uh, and have the capacity to find a down payment and to get into the market. I see the biggest stumbling block, apart from the the, the hugely inflated prices, is that the, the expectations may be a little high. You talk about the three things that are most important in real estate, location, location, location. Find a good location. Find a place that needs a new coat of paint and a little fixing up. Get into the market, and you'll find that it's a much easier way to move up to, to reach that dream home if you still want that dream when you get there. And if you're on the other side and you're selling to perhaps a millennial, millennials are visual people. We like to see things that look clean and nice. Yeah, Listen clean, to Todd Talbot. Yeah, clean up behind the stove. <laughs> Todd's tips yeah. are good tips. They're solid. Matt Highland is our technical producer for John Meyer. My name is Ian Power. Stay with us for CKNW Weekend and Charmaine De Silva. This is Vancouver Real Estate Today on News Talk 980 CKNW. Mm-hmm.